him, 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 him. Hey, that person you hear there in our 13th episode of Teachers Talking to Teachers is our friend Dylan. And Dylan is a young individual that's, what, this is year five? Four? Uh, four? Well, technically, it's, start, it's starting five because he came in at halftime. Yeah, I came in at halftime. So, and he's also picked up coaching this year. So, we're going to hear a little bit about it. And his father's a teacher. So, there's, there's lots of reasons why we can learn about Dylan's path into education. Do you, do you remember when you first, because when, when Haiti came on here, she talked about putting her dolls up and teaching her dolls as a little girl in Honduras. Yikes. So, she wanted to always be a teacher. Then, yeah. other folks, as you see it, they know. I've never done this for myself, and, and Carol didn't want to talk about the first. She just like talked about the first year and how life has changed. Yeah. She, she taught typing in business classes that don't exist anymore. Which I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> yeah. I wish the kids knew typing. Um, no, I, I don't know if I've always known that I wanted to teach, but I do know that teaching was always pushed on to me. You know? uh, my parents got together. Uh, my dad was in accounting. Uh, in a time period where it was not a good thing to be in finance. And um, so when he met her, he was working at Radio Shack, not doing anything with his business degree from A&M. So uh, she supported him to go back, got his master's in teaching, and started teaching. He's been at Jersey Village now forever. Um, he's actually my adopted father. And so in a lot of ways, I kind of looked up to him uh, as kind of like an example. And so I think I followed him in that footstep. But on top of that, I think my mom always knew since I had ADHD, extremely hyper kid, not the best kid in the classroom, depending on the teacher. It's, a, it's amazing how many people I talked to that were not good students. Good student. yeah. Except my friend, if, if you listen to the one about Ryan being the TA for organic chemistry, mm-hmm. he was just full on nerd. So that was, that was I mean, no offense, that's Ryan. Pretty, it's, but, pretty, <laughs> it's pretty rare, Ryan. You're probably the uh, exception there because... Like if you've ever, but he if, wanted you've ever to be a professor. If, you, if you've ever taught yeah. teachers, yeah. it's like, oh, this is like my worst class. Yeah. You know, what I mean, yeah. I can't focus on. But I think my mom always knew that I would be successful in the classroom because I'm energetic. You know, I don't really love authority watching over me. And in the classroom, you get a lot of freedom yeah. to express your ideas. History came because my dad was a history buff. Uh, so I think a lot of it had to do with me following his footsteps, but also my mom kind of guiding me. You know, I never really knew exactly what I wanted to do. But when I finally went to college, after taking a year off in high school, I did the whole rock band thing, and <laughs> it didn't really go anywhere. And I worked installing fire alarm equipment. I knew you, I had to do something. Yeah, and you just, knew that wasn't going to be. Yeah, I knew that wasn't. Yeah, I, 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 I wanted to take the blue collar shirt off, and I wanted to do something else with it. And you know, even now, I think that although I excel at teaching, I think I would excel at a couple things, and I want to try other things in my life. Teaching just works for me. You know, I wake up every day, and I'm excited to go to work and do what I have to do. And so um, I, I think I was lucky to fall into this and, and I'll probably be teaching for a long time, but I also see myself taking a break before I you know, get burned out. Again, get burned Year out. five is that, is that, that's that magic number. Cause when, uh, when I was interviewing Angel, Angel talked about that and he, it's interesting because he, he saw himself better of helping. He, he wants to go into uh, like IT administration. So he wants to help do things of that nature instead of, of being in the classroom. He he doesn't feel that he really bond, you know bonds with the students that well. And I if think, you don't, if you don't, you it, it's I you know I wouldn't talk him into trying to stay if he didn't feel that that's you know you, you need to be around the kids. Yeah, because I it's, it's so important to it, have that connection you know, with the kids. I, I steal there's, my energy from them. I, some, I'm not energetic. I steal theirs. They keep you young. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, I, I 100% agree. I think my strength as a teacher is my relationship with the kids, you know? Um, the fact that I'm able to relate to them, although I see that waning as my age increases. But I think that's, that's honestly it's, my strength. Yeah, when that happens, though, it's kind of funny because you, you, you try to go back and reference it for things. I learned it the first time when I talked about, uh, when I was teaching eco, I was talking about the, the energy crisis, the one we had in the 70s, mm -hmm. where you had to wait in line, the even odd number license plates and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. gas being, because gas, gas prices tripled. They don't understand. It went for 38 cents to ride around a dollar. I mean, that was. That was huge. That's gigantic. And they were like, that's only so. So then people, that, people didn't yeah. used to have to budget yes. for their gas. No, no. You, you could you could leave your car running all day, and you only got like eight nine miles to the gallon if you're lucky. But that was that was the beginning of starting to change that relationship with them. And then it, well, you 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 did student teaching in middle school, so you know that time period that gap between trying to teach them anything. I mean, these middle school students were born a year after the smartphone was in everybody's hand. So that's another. That, that relatable thing becomes interesting, too, because... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just on that cusp of that, because I could tell the kids, yeah, you know, I got a phone when I was in seventh grade, but those phones you couldn't text. <laughs> you could go on the internet, but I wasn't sure what I was doing on the internet, you know, so that's kind of, I don't know, I feel like I'm, as the years, like I say, go on, I'm getting further and further away from being able to relate to these kids. I mean, I used to like their music as soon as, like, <laughs> two years ago. And now I just can't stand that crap that they listen to, and it makes me feel old when I see it's that. It's some, you know, it, it that when they mention artists, but if you play old stuff, see, I, I'm at that point now where I'm, I, and, and it's been a while, it's been it's been like a decade where you can play stuff. Oh yeah, my mom listens to that or things like that. And some of the kids get into their parents' music. Uh, the one that really hurt was a little boy. I'm like, how do you know? How do you know that song? He said, it's my grandma's jam. Yeah, grandma. I listen to a lot of Al Green in my classroom. <laughs> And they're like, oh, this is what my grandma listens yeah. to. And I was I'm listening like, well, your to, grandma's uh, got better taste I, than you do. I was listening to Frankie Beverly. And I was listening to uh, yeah. Happy Feelings. And that kid's singing along. I'm like, how do you know? Oh, my grandma. So, yeah, that, that gets to that age thing. But but you're still you're still a young whippersnapper. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I had a conversation. The magic age yet. I had a conversation with a kid today, and they were talking about some of their favorite songs or bands. And it was the stuff I was listening to in middle school, like My Chemical Romance and and and, you know, Hoobastank and all this other crap that I do not listen to anymore. But you know, I still am able to connect on those types of things. But well, I'm you know, pretty sure if you mention those bands in a lot of classes, they'll be like, what, "Yeah, most kids, most kids have no idea what I'm talking about." You know, I put on uh, "Ain't No Mountain High," uh, Mountain High uh, at the last soccer game. You know, and so the whole track was listening to the track team was listening to, it, and you knew who liked it and who didn't. But some people were like, "What is this? I can't believe you're listening to this." And then you know, all the older coaches who are twice my age are like nodding at me oh yeah good taste in music which you know i guess i'm getting accepted into the old man's club but uh you know that's i i've been learning that i was probably a little bit older than you are right now when i used to uh, announce the baseball games in baytown and and they you had to play music between every half mm -hmm. inning and they're like no play country music play country. we we because like they won't a, do that now they, they, there's no genre for them now for them it's just well, and it was what a, type of it was also a lot of the to. it was a lot of the uh, the parents yelling about things like that so i i knew some hillbilly stuff and some br549 and some some of some of the old uh stuff so i had access to it and i'd play it and they're like what is that i'm like you wanted so i yeah i was oh well, yeah way the country music they listen to now isn't like that's not even know, country music. It's not even country music anymore. I, I just feel like the kids continue, like, it, it's so crazy these past two years how much the kids generation, generationally have changed into, 
you know, what's important to them. What so you got 9th and 10th grades, so you got 14, 15, 16. I have them all over the place because I got geography, which, you know, because of the our, our our lovely legislators who no idea what they're doing, um, almost cussed on you. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're saying the geography is not important at all. We don't need to know, know where China is on the map, even that, though we're all going to be speaking it later. But I, I, I had a little quiz over that today. They, they don't believe I know where everything in the world is, and I've been I've been proving it day by day. And well, I tell my kids <laughs> like everything else. I don't know everything, but I know more than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, to to change the conversation or to move it forward, I this year I did take over a coaching position. Um, you know, and it surprised a lot of my colleagues because I've always been a stark, uh, uh, you know, outcry against professional sports. Not that I'm against professional sports, but I'm against the the obsession behind professional sports. No, the money that... The, the, not not, not, not money, just, money. absolutely, the money that's funneled into it, but also just the fact that there's whole generations of, of people, men and women, who... You know, 90% of their social life is consumed oh, yeah. the, by the, sports. The real, the real fanatics. They're fanatics. They're fanatics. And, and their their life doesn't really... But but my thing is, like, if you look back in history at what this entertainment was used for, distracting citizens from core issues, filling yeah. leisure time so that they stay uneducated, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like there's still... Going back to the Romans. Yeah, going back to the Romans. <laughs> and I feel like there's still a bit of that core understanding and value that, that you know, powers find in our... In our, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll watch a game. I, I, I'll go I, I to a game, but I'm not gonna. I, I haven't seen a Super Bowl in, in yeah, five years, I and I'm not, I haven't seen one since '78. So. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not but trying I, to. My, my my thing about that, just real quick before we get back into to your thing, is is I don't understand why a grown man wears a young man's name in his jersey. It's basically he wears he wears his his work clothes. Mm-hmm. As, as, as a tribute to him. I, you know, I, we can get into the psychology of that forever today. But you picked it up for extra cash or a little love of the game no. or a little curiosity? You know, or? I do. If I was going to coach any sport, it would have been baseball or soccer. Those are two sports that I enjoy. Uh, I played a little bit of soccer when I was a kid. Not enough to be, you know, the best coach in the world. But I know that I have the energy and dedication. You know, I don't. When I do something, I do it. I put 100% into it. And so I, the main reason I did it, Greg, is I, I wanted change. You know, for me, it's always important that my life stays dynamic. For so long, I was afraid of change. And now more you, recently, now I, I embrace it. I crave change. And, 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 and well, I've taught every subject in social studies. So and you that's, can what, see and I, that's too, I, 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 I talked to Carol about wanting to move to other subjects because I want more of an experience in life. I mean, I believe my life is... It holds value in the experiences that we have and share. So, yeah, I wanted to change it up. I wanted to get outside, you know. And I even, going back to my original conversation, I even hear my mom saying, oh, you should be a teacher or a coach where you could be moving around constantly. I'd say, oh, I'm not going to be a coach, and you now, know. I'm now you got both sports, of them. <laughs> and now I do have both of them. And I, I got to say, I love it. I love it, Greg. You know, there's something about getting on that field and having the respect of those boys before you even open your mouth. Before they knew anything about me, they respected me because I was coach because I was there and because I was going to support them, you know, and I feel like more and more with the generations, again, sounding and feeling old, <laughs> these kids that we are teaching today feel as though they have to be given respect before they give it, oh, no matter who they're talking to. And, and my thing, and I tell it to the kids all the time, is if everyone is walking around waiting for respect before they give it, then no one's going to ever respect anyone, yeah. you know, because we're all just waiting to get what no one's giving. So... I think it's 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 asinine to say the least, but 
And that's an important part of education when you talk about building those relationships with them. If, if you walk in the first day barking at people, I, the, only, the closest I ever came to that was this year. I had somebody start basically unloading breakfast the second day of class. And I, was, I just stopped and says, what are you doing? Because I said, I, y'all are juniors and seniors. I, I thought you knew basic rules. Mm-hmm. And that, well, that they was do, a, Greg. That's they, as ugly they as, see... But that's as ugly as I got. Because it's as, if you, you get off on the wrong foot or you start – you know, getting some disrespect for them and they, they fight back, then you got to, that's hard to fix. Yes. Well, I mean, and, and, and that's the thing about coaching. Like, as your a father teacher, coach, father no, coach never. He's most unathletic person <laughs> that I've ever seen in my life. I think he broke uh, a bone trying to ride my, my scooter once when I was a kid. So he never volunteered. He, you were never, he didn't he like false. coach Little When League I was or, young, he coached oh. my soccer team and he coached my baseball team, like me at a necessity, you know. Coach Cox, Coach Pinto came to me and said, hey, look, we need someone. We're desperate. We need someone. And I was like, look, I'm not, I'm not a player, but I am somebody who will be there and put my heart into it. And Coach Cox said, that is better than going outside of this mm-hmm. campus and, and rolling the dice. He said, I'd love to have you. So, I mean, that's why I'm here, and that's, that's why my dad did it. Out of necessity, he was there. And, was he know, good at it? I don't remember. You don't remember? Did, I don't but remember. But he, he did what he had to do. He did, he did what he, he had to he, do. He, I, he, I don't think, I think he enjoyed the experience, but, you know. But that's like me. I, I'm loving it. I love coaching. I love being able to get out there and do something. I and love being part a game. of the team. You've got some games already under your belt? Oh, yeah. We've already played all the games, all the teams in the district. We're on our second cycle. We played Bridgeland for the second time yesterday. We have only lost one game. We are tied for second in the district on the sophomore level. Uh, so I got a great group of boys. We're doing great. Um, uh, we're growing together. You know, I'm learning something every day. They're learning something every day. So it's really great being part of the program. And I have to say, the people I got lucky to be under Coach Cox because he's been so understanding, and so helpful in, in mentoring me through this coaching process. Honestly, I don't. I think as long as I'm at Sy Springs, I will continue to do what I'm doing now, uh, with the exception of changing subjects up. You know, to to get around there. But uh, I love it. I love it. I, I highly recommend it. You know, go out there and coach something. You know, oh, not me. I'm too old. For that. Go out there and coach no, something. No, no, I'm too old. For you know, I run with the boys. <laughs> I, I can't do that. I'll teach them how to stretch. You know, I, I do a lot of yoga, so I'll stretch the boys, and they're like, you, they, they think I'm Mr. Fantastic. Well, they, they respect. The I, I, I heard that I about Coach Cox, them. that they respect that because he can he can go down the weight room and, and, and show yeah, them the yeah, correct they, we way all to work do out with anything. Them. Yeah, we all work out with them. You know, I think that's a big part of it is that they, they crave someone to look up to. And, and you know what? They I'll, don't want some old fat man sitting in a chair going do this do that do, and you know when you're out there i don't know man i feel like if you put your heart into it and, and you're, about me. you're there when you can <laughs> you know i i feel like they'll they see that and they accept that you know whereas and here's the thing for me this year i i go out six period to these boys who just have come to admire and love me and then i come back into seventh period and it, it is the the opposite it is specifically this seventh period is the hardest class I've ever dealt with in terms of behavior management. I just have a very particular group of students in there that when mixed together create chaos. Is it, is it world or world? It's, it's world history, <laughs> not world geography. It's always world something. Um, but it's a very difficult class and it is, it is more frustrating. Usually I have so much patience even for those classes and I feel like it's shorter because I'm coming, I'm having to switch gears. Mm-hmm. You know, now I have to be that understanding. And, and that's when I first took this job, this last semester, I had to decide like, hey, what kind of coach do I want to be? Like, I, I know what kind of teacher I am, and I know what type of teacher I want to be, but is that the same coach? Is Mr. Owens 
the same as Coach Owens. And I decided that they, they're not and they can't be. You know, and when I put on that hat and I'm Coach Owens, you know, I have to hold the boys to a standard. I used to teach I tell the game, tell the boys every day, I will not apologize for expecting excellence. I can't expect excellence in the classroom. I can strive for it, but I will not receive it, you know. Um, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, because going to take world history is not really a choice. And going to go play soccer for you becomes a choice. That's and and, and that, that is the one thing I, I, I've noticed about that over the course of time. Is the, Teaching it's, electives? It's, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's, that's a whole different world because they just, people just show up. Well, yeah, the eeny, meeny, my, the eeny, meeny, miny, mo, the electives. And they, um, and then some people get put in there. But, but when you get, when you watch somebody with the coaching relationship with the kids, they, they have chosen to do that. And they know the coach holds the, the, the strings to where if you're acting up, if you're mouthing off, if you're not part of the team, even if you're not gone, you might be benched for a while, pull you out of the game, get your head together. And you can't, you really can't do that in the class. You can talk to them, but they're going to come back and come back and come back. And that's. Yeah, they don't stop coming yeah. back. They're, they're, and, 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 and that's the thing. For teaching, every day is a new day. I don't care what you did yesterday. This is a new day. I, I will not hold that grudge against you. I will have nothing but energy and positivity to bring to you to have a better day than we had yesterday. That's all we can do. But in coaching, I don't forget. I don't forget that you came late yesterday and you weren't running all my drills. You were walking. You weren't, you know what I mean? I don't forget. You hold them to that standard. And honestly... My short time in coaching, I almost feel like I feel like more schools should be like that. You know what I mean? Less forgiving, less forgiving, you know, holding them to that standard, demanding that standard and not forgetting the actions from yesterday. But, you know, in our current system, that just doesn't work. I can't I can't go in there every day and be like, well, you called me this. You were disrespectful to me. So now I'm not going to respect you. I'm not going to do that as a teacher. Yeah, because that became a problem because those people are out there that are that are not familiar with these types of things is we have a limit on how many kids we can discipline and write up and oh, yeah, they keep track of all school. that. They keep and so track of all that. It, we, we get capped out on how many people are in, in suspension and whatnot. So that it becomes looking for other paths. That it, and I, I understood what, what the doctor was saying uh, Monday about trying to do the positive parts of it and trying to put them on different behavioral things. And, and that's fine. If it, I, I'm, it's kind of short that we just learned about that. You know, what, restorative that, learning? No, no, no. That we that they just finally told us that some of the discipline we're doing is this, this, and this, as opposed to just kicking them out. Well, I think whatever. they always struggle with the amount of discipline that comes in because there are some teachers who write kids up because they breathe too heavy. You know, I mean that's a little. But brought, brought the chips in the room. And AP has showed me some of the write ups, and it's kind of ridiculous. I can say that for the majority of my classroom time in the classroom, you know, my write-ups have been minimal. I use restorative discipline. You know, I, I, I communicate with the student, the coaches, and the parents to try and handle it in class because I do believe that the moment you write them up, you lose power. You forfeit power over the AP, and the AP doesn't know the situation. And they may give them a conference when the kid really needs, you know, this or that. So I try not to write kids up. With that said, I think I've written I've, – I've had more write-ups this year, last semester, wow. than my five years of teaching. And I don't know if that's attributed to, you know, transitioning because it's all seventh period. And I don't know if that's transitioning from coaching, having that respect, that 100 percent respect and loyalty and then going back to, you know, complete disrespect. Um, I don't know if it's that and me losing patience in that or if it is just, you know, the situation I'm in with this class and it would have been whether or not I coached or not. Yeah, because I, I haven't written anybody up since I 
have not had on level, and and it, it got to be profanity and blatant disrespect, it's and, and, it's and and then disrespect towards other kids or bullying or a little harassment here or there. Because at, at that point, it's it, it it's red light. You can say I'll I'll talk to you, but if that's all they're getting is a talking to from you, then it you know it has to go to that second level. So so the the path to teaching and mom was it. Was it going into college wanting to teach, or was it during No, I college? went to college wanting to teach. I went to college, you know, I wasn't the best student, not because I was smart, but because I learned a lot of bad habits, and I was very hyper. It was hard for me to... I was medicated for a long period of time, and in college, I stopped doing that. And so I, I went to college knowing, you know, I took math for the education major. I was on a fast track, starting at Lone Star, straight to Sam Houston, um little bit of trouble getting into the education program because of my GPA, but uh, I got by and I am here today because of my charm, you know, and I'm not blowing up my head. I mean, I'm saying I had to go before a panel and be like, you know, why should we accept you? Your GPA is two points too low or point two points too low. And I had to appeal to them. And some people went through the same process and did not get into that methods program at Sam Houston. I did, you know. Um, so I knew once I started okay, I'm going to do this thing, it was, it was, it was going to be for teaching. I knew that. Um, I know today that I will probably teach for the majority of my life. What, sub, what subject was it that you wanted to? History. Had to be history. History. Had so, to be history because math I, I never did well <coughs> in. Um, English was fine, but I've never sparked a joy in reading. Um, there's only a couple times in my life that I really have a joy for reading. Um, and some of those to, to, to watch is, having to you know to teach that same book if you if you say on one English level and you're going on that same book over and over, I I don't know if I could do that I I, I can't either I, I, well, I see just, that's what I love about history is that I can change kids' perspective of history they think history is memorization like science that's not right. true history is interpretation history is not absolute history is written by the victor mm -hmm. and because of that the history that I and my scope and sequence I'm supposed to put onto the kids is not a verbatim. It is an interpretation. It's like you go to an art gallery, you see something, we both see it, we both get something out of it. You know, countries look at history and facts and interpret them in different ways. My kids, you know my kids, because throughout the years they'll tell the other history teachers, well, you know, Mr. Owen says history is not absolute. You know what I mean? Um, well, I, you know, it, that history, I, I hate people that refer to, oh, there's your bell. Uh, that talk about the uh, 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 revisionist history. And just because you find out something new doesn't make it revisionist history. You actually have some different facts that come into place. And people start talking to you about saying, oh, that's not the way it really was. And, and like you, you're changing the fact. No, you're not. You found new well, interpreting. facts. I'm interpreting. And, and, and that's what you, you've got. And you still, it's it's the, the, the Alamo and the, and the Texas heroes and that kind of stuff. And I, 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 I hate to rain on the little children's parade, but when you tell them certain stories about certain heroes that we have here in Texas, and they're like, Oh, that's that. I'm like, but it's it, it's not the fairy tale that they want to tell the kids when they're young. You know, I was having this conversation with this guy on Facebook who's posting about how um, America has forgotten about 9/11 because there is a, a a Muslim congresswoman, and so we're all going to hell. Um, <laughs> and, uh, well, there's I, a couple of them. There's just uh, she's, she's talking know, about the one but, that wears a hijab. Yeah, so. and, and, and specifically and. And, and his thing is like, well, you know, Islam, well, he said, Muslim is a hate ideology. And I was like, well, first of all, you don't know the difference between Muslim and Islam, so stop there. But uh, history, life, social 
it's like not to it's not God. absolute it's not black and white and and as human beings we want to put things in boxes you know this is a hate group this is bad this is good but the reality is history doesn't do that and we don't do that things are complicated and, and it is very difficult to have a complete conceptual 100 percent understanding of social events because it's so complicated we try to understand it based on our perspective and, and our experiences but that is it's exactly what it is. It's an interpretation. Yeah. And that's, that's a fun part of, of teaching world history. Cause Love it. When you go back to the Crusades. Love it. And you, the, you, you see a lot of the people like, well, this goes back to, no, you got to go back to those days. You've got you to go, go back to back. Well, my favorite and, question to ask him after the Crusades is, did the Crusades ever end? Are we still fighting that conflict? <clears throat> well, it's, it's, it's like, see, like, I have the border, like the, the joke about where the border wall could be on that map. But the, the original where Mexico was and the U.S. is. Oh, yeah, okay. That's, funny. that's what that's, that's that. what I know. Mexico's like, we'll pay for that one. He, he tweeted today, <laughs> border wall is under construction, you know. Um, things got to change. And our, our, it is so important for us to understand where we've been, to understand where we're going. And, and one of the reasons I want to be here is I want to have an impact on our future generation. I want to bring a little bit of hope and, and, and rationality to these kids so that they can look at the world that they live in and interpret their own revision, their own narrative and, and, and go with it, you know, believe in something, love something and, and, and fight for it. You know, if that's, if that's hatred towards Muslims, that's fine. But listen to other people when they tell you, Hey, maybe you don't have all the facts. You know, I, I wish that more than anything that I could teach my kids how to talk to someone that disagrees with them and have a positive... Instead of just yell, because so, of social, yell. social media is easy to yell at. Oh my to God. sit down with somebody and, and have that conversation is different. Because I, 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 I calm myself when I do those kind of things because you get people that don't. They, they see bits and pieces here, there. They read bumper stickers. I, I love to use the bumper sticker mentality thing. They have one-line copy and paste answers. If you could put your, your, your whole thought on a bumper sticker, then... I can't talk to you about that because yeah. especially if you don't know the historical backgrounds behind certain things like that, things that other people did. I mean, when they start talking about Iran and Iraq, we were talking about that the other day. I'm like, we, we carved those out after World War One for oil. And, 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 and that's what people don't understand. <laughs> Why do they hate us? They must be a hate group. You have to understand the actions that are at play that have been building forever. What America represents to the rest mm -hmm. of the world. And, and I mean, that's my thing. Like, at the end of the year, if my kids don't know who Charlemagne is and, and what Hammurabi did, you know, that impacted our history, I'm fine with that. I'd rather them understand that history is not absolute, that, that, you know, the world is up to interpretation and, and, that, and that something's got to change. You know, I'd rather them learn social skills like how to debate. You know what I mean? Like, I, we're on the Enlightenment right now. And I'm trying to tell them that the Enlightenment happened because people were willing to argue. They're willing to talk to someone who had a different uh, opinion. And they were willing to hash it out and, and, and come to something new and something pure. And that's what we need now more than ever is the ability I, yeah, to I, talk. And I, I don't think our kids are, are, are bad about that. So I, I do hear the older ones have different opinions, especially if they differ with their parents. Mm -hmm. Because when we start talking about the, 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 the fact that they bad mouth the term progressive now and, and with, with the idea of it, 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 that's where progress they, comes they, from. They bad mouth and, education. Like if you were if you were educated, if you went to those brainwashing universities, mm -hmm. then you're a puppet. Like mm -hmm. I just I don't understand that. I, I don't understand when in our society did it shift from education being a good to a bad thing. You know what I mean? 
because that's not going to be good for us. That we we got to we got to fix that. I I I I rather I I like to listen to people that are smarter than me, that are more educated than Always. I, because it's interesting. I mean, when I I listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about you know astrophysics and stuff, and as long as he dumbs it down to my level. Yeah. But I know he's smart about that. I know that he can he can look and he I know he can start putting sentences together that I don't even know what he's talking about mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. And, it, and I don't I I I remember back. You might have been young, but I remember back when they were that they were advertising for for George W. Bush when he was first running. About he's the kind of guy I can sit down and have a beer with. He's a good old boy. He's like me, and I'm like. Is that really what you want? Do you, I want somebody that I look up to going, I, I could never do that. You're 10 times smarter than I am. And, and you know, that that's part of history that goes on there as well. You didn't have to go, did you? That was the, I don't know yeah. what time is it. We're on alternative bills. Yeah, it's 12. 12? Yeah, that's probably me. <laughs> um, I'll leave you with this. I really do believe, Greg, that when there is total enlightenment, there will be peace. I believe that with everything that I am. And I'm hoping to do my small part of that while I'm here. And... Right now, that's led me to coaching, I guess. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> hey, keep, keep, keep hope alive. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. Keep, keep all, right, all right. I'm going to run right, well, Thanks class. a lot. I appreciate you. And don't forget, uh, as Dylan leaves here right now, that if you want to email me about this or talk about it, it is, and I can tell Dylan too, it's uh, teachers and then T2T to shorten it for talking to teachers at Gmail. And you can leave some feedback. I'm still waiting for some feedback, folks. I'll give you some feedback. All right, and I'll, this will be up later on today. It's uh, Thursday the 21st. And Dylan just left the room for thanks, y'all. And uh, we had to do this real quick. He might actually be tardy to his next class. So we're seeing that. And, uh, yeah, it was, that, was a, that was a quick 30 minutes. And uh, still working on that theme music. I might add some stuff to it. And I uh, appreciate the handful of people that are listening i i'm getting more and more hits so i don't know where it's coming from or where it's going but uh thanks a lot folks and 30 minutes it's a commute it's a sitcom bye